0: All right, so uh, what results from this is satanic persecution, Uh, persecution such as we have never seen before, and that will really be the topic of the remaining few chapters before Christ's return. From uh, chapters here, 13, 7, all the way up until the end of chapter 18, we will see the persecution under the Antichrist's government. So we read in verses 7 and 8, it was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, everyone whose name has not been written from the foundations of the world in the book of life, the Lamb who has been slain. So in Revelation 12, 13 to 14, we saw this from uh, the dragon's perspective, looking at the dragon and what his activity will be during the final three and a half years. Uh, Now we're looking at the Antichrist and seeing what his activity will be. We get a a fuller picture. It's like we've got uh, three partial puzzle pieces that all come together to to give us one clear picture, and that will be uh, the three members of the satanic trinity. But here we see the wrath of the serpent in Revelation 12, 13 to 14. And it says, and when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, that is at the midpoint of the tribulation, he persecuted the woman, Israel, who gave birth to to the male child, Jesus Christ. But the two wings of the great eagle, which uh, is not identified in the text for us, um, but it is correlated back with the Wings of an eagle that God brought Israel out of Egypt. Um, So honestly, that's the best textual evidence that we have is that in the same way that God brought Israel out of Egypt, he will bring Israel um, to safety during the time of the persecution of the serpent. So, but the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. And uh, you can look back to the previous videos of why we have identified this wilderness hiding place as Petra in the land of Moab in Jordan. Uh, <clears throat> continuing here, um, in Revelation 12, 15 to 17. We read, and the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman, so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river, which the dragon poured out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of the children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So we see here the supernatural, spiritual uh, side of this war that the Antichrist will rage with the people of God. Uh, but uh, in chapter 12, it's not yet revealed to us until chapter 13 that the Antichrist will be the the military leader behind this persecution of the people of God so that uh, we get a little better, uh, a few more brush strokes on the painting here, and we can see that this uh, river out of the mouth of the woman will be some sort of military attack on the people of God Um, However, it still remains possible within the text that he will use some sort of hydraulic means to flood them out of Petra. That's, I think, a minority view among most interpreters. Most view this as the army of the Antichrist that will come after Israel, who has fled into the wilderness. And perhaps by uh, an earthquake or perhaps the same means that God used to open the earth to swallow the people of Korah. Um, in mean, Korah's rebellion in Numbers 16, uh, one way or another, the earth appears to open here and swallow uh, whatever means the Antichrist has sent to, uh, to come against the people of God. <clears throat> but uh, regardless of the Antichrist's persecution uh, of the people of God, those who have put their faith in God do overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 12, 10 through 12, this is reminded, uh, or we are reminded of this by the rejoicing in heaven, it says the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. So this is the host of heaven celebrating that Satan has been barred from accessing the throne room of God, where he accuses us of our sins, um, We we get a picture of a courtroom, uh, God's courtroom, where Satan stands as the accuser and Jesus Christ as our advocate or our lawyer um, who uses his own, um, who took on the penalty himself and can justly um, say, no, my blood has covered that sin as well. Uh, But we continue. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. And because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life, even when faced with death, for this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you, will, and you who dwell in them, who to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. So we see that when those dwelling in Jerusalem, those dwelling in Israel, into the wilderness that god himself will protect them so that not one of them will be lost but the focus of satan and by extent the focus of the antichrist then will turn to those jews who were not in israel who did not flee to petra and christians that uh, those who are not in petra um, will be persecuted and killed by the antichrist but that we're to take encouragement that, uh, like Karin here said earlier tonight, uh, to live as Christ and to die as gain. That the blood of the Lamb has already overcome, and we have this promise in the blood of the Lamb of eternal security. That no matter what happens to the body, uh, we know what uh, our fate is one moment after death. That so we will be face to face with the Thank Lord. You. Amen. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, in first john chapter five verses four through six we read uh we see also another way that john has used this word overcome which is the greek word nikao uh, or to conquer Um, in revelation chapters two and three we see that we are overcomers in christ uh, that we are promised certain rewards just by means of being in christ though other rewards will be Um, given to those Christians who yield um, to the Holy Spirit and so have good works um, coming from their lives. Uh, But this overcoming by the testimony, we see for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. We are all born of God being um, Christians. So we have overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. And that is our faith. And that is the one and only means to eternal life means to acquiring the eternal life that Jesus Christ has paid for. And that salvation will be the same in the church as it will be in the tribulation. Uh, the offer of salvation by faith alone in Christ alone will not cease uh, so long as this earth remains. And it has always been the same method of salvation. Even uh, even back to Adam and Eve, uh, when they were promised a redeemer, The seed of the woman, when they put their hope in that promise of God that he would send a redeemer, uh, that was the faith that, uh, that guaranteed them salvation, a covering for their sins. So it says, who is the one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and with the blood. It is the spirit who testifies because the spirit is the truth. Now, uh, we're, we're kind of taking a, a side road off of the antichrist for a bit because we want to look at the real Christ. Um, we were looking at the the phony, so we want to look at the real thing uh, so that we can better understand that. I, uh, I don't know if this is a common uh, illustration, but my grandma was a bank teller. And uh, she told me once that when they, uh, when they were being trained to identify false money, um, they didn't show them all the different kinds of false money that they might encounter, but they got them very familiar with the feel, with the smell, with the touch of real money. Um, so I think that is the best way to understand the Antichrist, is to know Jesus Christ so well that anything that is not exactly him becomes absolutely clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we look in we continue here in 1 john five for a second um, and we read for there are three that testify the spirit and the water and the blood and the three are in agreement Uh, the spirit the water and the blood all point to jesus christ we're going to look at what that means if we receive the testimony of men the testimony of god is greater for the testimony of god is this that he has testified concerning his son. So we want to look at the testimony throughout the Gospels that pointed towards Jesus Christ. Uh, In Matthew 3, 16 through 17, we see that Jesus Christ was confirmed through baptism um, and that God himself spoke audibly. If you had a tape recorder, you could have caught his voice. Uh, God himself confirmed that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Um, This should have been enough for everyone to put their faith in Jesus Christ. It says, after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting, uh, lighting on him. And behold, a voice of the heavens said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This was the first testimony that Jesus Christ was the Messiah and the Son of God. He is also confirmed by blood in Hebrews 9, 11 through 12. We read, but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, that is the heavens, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of Christ, that he died on behalf of those, uh, on behalf of us, that he died after living a sinless life in order to pay for our sins, uh, is a confirmation through blood. And uh, we see also this confirmation through blood and water in John 19, 32 to 34, We read that, so the soldiers came and broke his legs of the first man, uh, broke the legs of the first man and of the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Uh, If any of you have seen the movie A Case for Christ or read the book, Uh, This was one of the bits of evidence that Lee Strobel, uh, uh, that that led to convincing Lee Strobel that Jesus Christ was God, that the prophecies had been given that not a bone of his body would be broken. We see the other two on the cross, their bones were broken. But instead of breaking the bones of Christ, a Roman centurion pierced his side and blood and water came out. Um, showing that he had already been asphyxiated he had drowned in essence um, that water had entered into his lungs so that he had died Uh, that was not something that could have been survived we saw in revelation 5 6 uh, that john took for granted that all those reading this understood that jesus christ had physically died Um, this is the testimony here of blood and water that jesus christ did indeed die on the cross um, and that through his death uh, he paid for our sins. Also interestingly, uh, it's been connected, uh, and I think very well with uh, with the birth of the church that uh, it was birthed out of his side, out of blood and water, in the same way that Eve was created out of the side of Adam, uh, that uh, through the the uh, the physical bone and physical blood and flesh of Adam, God created woman. And so out of the blood of Christ, God created the church. Uh, That it is through the blood of Christ that we are baptized into the church. So that's, uh, I think, one of those beautiful pictures that shows us the thumbprint of God on his scripture that only he could have created such a story. So we continue with this testimony, 1 John 5, 10 through 12. The one who believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe in God has made him, that is God, a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. In order not to believe God, you have to believe that he's a liar. Uh, And that is blasphemy. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. So, through the life of Christ, there were many witnesses. Uh, We have the witness of God, we have the witness of the Spirit. Uh, John the Baptist was given as a forerunner. His purpose was to prepare the way to accept the Messiah so that those he was baptizing in the Jordan weren't being baptized into his gospel but they were being baptized into preparation. They understood that John was the one to point to the Christ. So they had already prepared themselves to accept the one that John identifies as the Messiah. So here we see John doing just that, identifying who is the Messiah. In John 1 we read the next day, he, that is John, saw Jesus coming to him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested uh, to Israel, I came baptizing in water. This is continuing that same verse. John testified saying, I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven. And he remained on him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him. This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the son of God. And so we have this slain lamb in Revelation 5, 6 through 7. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elder uh, and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And if you remember, this book is the title Deed to Earth, um, his right to rule the earth as the man king and the God who can uh, properly rule this earth and heaven responds to this uh, in 5 9 through 10 it says and they sang a new song saying worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals for you were slain and purchased for god with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our god and they will reign upon the earth so heaven as well testifies that Jesus, the Lamb of God, uh, is the Christ. And then this book of the Lamb, it says that all those whose names are not written in the book will worship the Antichrist. Uh, So we are coming back here, looking at the Antichrist now. Um, And in Revelation 20, we see this book opened. It says, and I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Jumping ahead to verse 15, you see the result of this. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Uh, This book of life, uh, when their name is not written in it, those who worshipped the Antichrist, uh, are those who have chosen him instead of Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 1 gives us a very good defense that all man will have, uh, will have enough, uh, enough opportunity to know Christ um, that it will not be anyone's fault but their own if they are to reject uh, the gift of Christ. Revelation 20 uh, verse 4 uh, shows us our destiny, rather than being thrown into the lake of fire, uh, we see the destiny of those uh, who are slain. And here it's speaking of those who are persecuted unto death by the Antichrist or by Satan during the tribulation period. So in Revelation 24, it says, Then I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus, And because of the word of God and those who had not worshiped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So we see that those who overcome through the blood of Christ, those who are persecuted by the Antichrist, even to the point of death, their promised uh, end is not the lake of fire, but their promised end is to reign together with Christ in his kingdom uh, and that is worth dying for in 2 timothy 2:12, uh, this is to the church uh, we read it is a trustworthy statement and this is probably a song a hymn that uh, was sung in the church of ephesus it says it is a trustworthy statement for if we died with him we will also live with him if we endure we will also reign with him If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So we being born in Christ, born again through the redemption of the blood of Christ, have the guarantee of at least being with him through eternity. But we have also uh, this promise that if we are to endure, we will also reign. We will not just exist in the kingdom we will not just be present but we will also share in his authority he will be king over us and we will have um, dominion and rule just as adam was given uh, in the original creation <clears throat> all right we are at our last verses here deliverance if anyone has an ear let him hear if anyone is destined for captivity to captivity, he goes. If anyone kills with the sword, with the sword, he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. So I believe this verse is telling us that the, the Antichrist who goes and conquers the Antichrist who goes and kills with the sword. Um, his destiny is to be killed himself. He is a murderer. And in Revelation 19, that is exactly what we see. Revelation 19, 19 through 21, we see that this Antichrist will be the very first created being that enters the lake of fire. It says, and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his armies, that is Jesus Christ. And the beast was seized. And with him, the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone and the rest were killed with the sword, which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. The dragon will also be thrown into the lake of fire, but first um, he will be bound for 1,000 years so as to be the final sifting uh, tool for those who choose to follow Satan rather than to follow Christ. In Revelation 21 through 3, we read, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. And bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. And the purpose of that short time release uh, comes to us just a few verses later. Revelation 27 through 8 says when the thousand years are completed. Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, uh, which is like Russia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, those areas uh, north east of the Black Sea, um, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number of them is like the sand of the seashore. Now, this war is not going to last long. In fact, it is a very pathetic attempt at a war. But during the millennial kingdom, there will be those who are in glorified bodies, such as the church, Um, but there will be some who enter in through mortal bodies, those who have survived the tribulation physically, but have also put their faith in Jesus Christ. Those who are alive at the end of the tribulation period, who have put their faith in Christ, will enter into the kingdom in mortal bodies and continue to produce children these children will each have the necessity or the responsibility to put their faith in Jesus Christ. So we see that even when Jesus Christ is a present ruler on the earth, men will still choose to follow Satan instead. When Satan is no longer present on this earth and Jesus Christ instead is king over this earth, mankind still chooses rebellion to a great degree but the dragon will be conquered. Revelation 29 through 10, it says, and they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false false prophet are also. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So this war isn't even given as many words as the final war um, of this earth in Revelation 19, where Jesus Christ returns and conquers the Antichrist. uh, Satan's war is even more pathetic than his anointed ones, uh, where he rallies a troop against Christ who has been ruling for a thousand years over this earth. And it takes mere moments to conquer his thousand year plan But we see also that uh, though these judgments take place physically in the future, the judgment has already been rendered at the cross. John 16, 7 through 11, uh, we see Jesus promising the Holy Spirit and uh, the three means by which the Holy Spirit will convict the unbelieving world to bring them to faith. Now, if these convictions are spurned, if they are ignored or pushed off uh, long enough, by the unbeliever. uh, This is when God will harden their hearts. But uh, while there is any possibility that they might believe, it is only by means of the Holy Spirit convicting them that they can believe, because Satan has blinded their eyes. So this is the Holy Spirit attempting to take the blindfold off uh, that Satan has put on the unbelievers. And uh, depending on how hard they hold on to that blindfold, is is uh, their own responsibility but we read here in john 16 7 through 11 the holy spirit's ministry to the unbelieving world during the church age it says but i tell you the truth it is to your advantage that i go away for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i go i will send him to you and when he comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Uh, That is in the perfect tense, and it is very purposefully in the perfect tense. The judgment of Satan actually came as early as Genesis 3.11. That was when the ruler of this world was judged. The permission of him to continue on this earth um, has been, uh, well, to us, it seems like a long time, but if we take First uh, Peter, you no, know, Second Peter 2, somewhere in there, um, at its word, then a thousand, day, a thousand years is like a day to the Lord, and that is specifically in reference to uh, waiting for judgment to take place where we sit uh, right now, it feels like we're waiting a long time for this final judgment to occur. But Peter assures his readers by saying, for God, this is not a long time. He is long suffering. uh, Even though he hates sin and wants to put it away forever, he's long suffering for those who will come to believe um, during the period of time which he has not dealt with sin. So that you and I and everyone here listening can be thankful that God has delayed putting away the sin forever, so that we might come to know Him. Uh, so we can be thankful, though we we do ask uh, that He comes soon, because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. even from Cain and Abel, uh, we could say, "Maranatha, Lord, come quickly." Uh, mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ is also Israel's refuge. Um, So he is the refuge of the church, the saint, um, the church-age believer. He will be Israel's refuge as well during the time of the tribulation. In Psalm 46, 1 through 3, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. You see, they have faith and they have confidence in the promise of God that they will be restored and that they will be resurrected. Uh, Daniel chapter 12 is one of the clearest uh, depictions of the resurrection of Israel. Uh, And they, they have their hope in these promises of resurrection. Jacob's stronghold as well. In Psalm 46, there is a river whose stream whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He braised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. No matter how bad it gets for Israel, They can depend on God, who is a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. And God tells them to know for sure that he is God. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. God's own righteousness depends on his victory in this earth. God's promises for this earth will be fulfilled before this earth passes away. And those promises are promises of victory for Israel and for the believing church age saint. Psalm 14 reads, Do all the workers of wickedness not know, who eat up my people as they eat bread, and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great dread, for God is with the righteous generation. You would put to shame the counsel of the afflicted, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his captive people, Jacob will rejoice and Israel will be glad. So here's our last verse here, looking back at Romans 11, 25 to 27, and we see that um, deliverance of Israel will indeed come through Zion. For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of Gentiles has come in the fullness of Gentiles, the time of the Gentiles is the time of the Gentile uh, kings, the Gentile rulers, from Nebuchadnezzar all the way to the Antichrist, that until that time has come in, Israel's hearts have been partially hardened. But God will take the blinders off of Israel. They will recognize Jesus Christ as their Savior. And as Matthew 23:39 says, all of Israel will cry out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and this acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their King will end the tribulation period and Jesus Christ will return to the earth in victory. But uh, Paul continues here in Romans 11, And so all Israel will be saved just as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them When I take away their sins and this covenant, he will keep. So in conclusion, uh, the satanic Messiah will be the dragon's means of persecuting God's people. The antichrist being that Messiah uh, being revived by Satan's indwelling will rule the world for three and a half years. But having performed this sign, he will be worshiped as the savior of the world it will praise the persecution of Israel and of believers but God is God and Satan is not. Mm-hmm. God will deliver his people. God will deliver his people. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. All right. So there is half of Revelation 13 and we will look <laughs> at uh, the other half which is even shorter than this half uh, I think it's just eight <laughs> verses next week mm-hmm. but that will uh, be the mark of the beast and the false prophet um, so lots of interesting stuff to look at there. Um, Are we meeting on Labor Day? Is that next week? Mm-hmm. We'll have to Just a We'll have to discuss that with everyone, I guess, and uh, and see what they want to do. Is that right? I think it's next week. Do I know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's next week. Yeah, it's next week. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we will send out a text and uh, take a poll, <laughs> I guess. And if people want to meet, I'll meet. Um, if they they don't want to then uh, that's more than understandable yeah yeah all right well uh let's thank pray you. and uh yeah. and then close Dear Heavenly father we thank you that you've given us the sure word of prophecy that it is a light to our feet that it is a guide to our path uh, we thank you that you have told us the end from the beginning so that we don't have to be confused that we don't have to be lost we thank you that you've given us revelation through progressive uh, revealing Mm -hmm. and we thank you for your son who is the personification of the word that he himself was the word and he was uh, he was in the beginning with you lord we thank you that you have given us uh, the savior jesus christ we thank you that through simple faith alone we have the promise of overcoming this world uh, and that in him we have already overcome this world so that um, so that we have the perfect love that casts out all fear, that we have no reason to be afraid, uh, that we know where we go the moment we die, that um, that to to die is to be in the presence of the Lord, so that we can uh, with great courage say to live is Christ and to die is gain. So, dear Lord, once again we want to lift up the people of Afghanistan. Um, mm-hmm both the, the natives there and all who are now under Taliban control. Uh, we know that this is not uh, this is not how your son will rule this earth. We know that this is not the kingdom of your son, but this is the kingdom of Satan. So we pray that uh, the Holy Spirit restrain that evil. Uh, we pray that, uh, that we are able to see some sort of revival yet. Uh, but Lord, even more so, we pray that you return quickly. Uh, how we long mm-hmm. to be in the, uh, in the last days of this earth so that we can have the new earth on the horizon. And uh, as Peter says, uh, we will hope in this until we see the morning star arising in our hearts. Uh, so, Lord, uh, we lift up your son mm-hmm. and we thank you that we have overcome this world. Mm-hmm. All these things in your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. <laughs> and with that, uh, say you, good Amy. night. It <laughs> was really good to see you again, Amy. Yeah. <laughs>